Dan, Spirit Award. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We have the most random connection. Yeah. Um, guy named Quentin Kilpatrick, who I used to play with in Tallahassee, Florida, seven years ago at a place called Open Mic Night at the Warehouse. Yes. And we knew each other back then. Quentin moved out to New York City, and he DM'd me on Instagram like a month ago. <laughs> and he was like, I, you know, I heard you're out in Seattle now. I don't know if you know of uh, my buddy's band, but they're out there. I think they're called like Spirit Award. Uh, they just put out like a new single. And I'm like, yeah, I know of Spirit Award. I know <laughs> very well of Spirit Award. <laughs> so it's you almost like you have that friend that describes something like way too humble. And so you almost dismiss it because of it. Right. And it's like, oh, Spirit Award. That's like your guy. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's cool. I'll take it. I'm, no, I'm glad, <laughs> glad to have you on tonight. And yeah. You were you were definitely on the list when I started this last August of bands in Seattle that I wanted to have on. Cool, but I got to be real. Like at the time, like Spirit Award was way towards the bottom. So I'm just like, I don't, man, I don't know any of those dudes. Like they're yeah. just gonna think I'm some crazy, you know, nutcase or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, but um, but it's good to have you on tonight. Well, yeah, I'm glad we did it. How have you been? I've been good. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, I feel like a weird year of ups and downs and uh just just pushing through the shit to get to the other side and uh before that i was just really i mean kind of just isolating which yeah. is now like the word that everybody uses because you you chose to do that you weren't i like, was choosing yeah yeah you weren't uh, forced on it from like the outside which is always the big distinction with yeah this stuff. it was a weird thing where i was just yeah. like you know i want to get into like writing land and uh I think I played some shows that summer, but I didn't want to do a lot of touring because the year before I did a lot and yeah. And then we were like just about finishing the record and then everything we did. I think we did four shows. We did a little tour uh, and then yeah, everything went on lockdown. If you heard a piano noise, it's because I'm hitting the piano with my elbows. We can always edit that part out. <laughs> like, now, um, I mean, that was the crazy thing about when lockdown started. It was like the worst possible time because for bands, a lot of times, you know, you're right in like the winter, or, you know, the mm-hmm. slow touring season. Yeah. And so then like in March or April, you know, everybody's like, you know, kind of aching to get back on the road. And it's yeah. like, you know, you have all your tours booked for the spring, summer festivals. And then it's like right when the lockdown started, it was like you could not have picked a worse time for musicians to get caught up in all that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it was. And I mean, I feel like at first it was like, we had, we had a, like a two week tour in April that was all booked and just some really great shows and everything, you know, and, uh, was stoked about that. I don't know. For me, it's like touring and that's like the main thing that I look forward to in life. Yeah. (laughs) If you can really, I, uh, it's like the, the next thing that I look forward to always. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, we were planning on that and going back to Europe and all, you know, all these big plans is just like flew out the window. And I think at first it's just, you know, it's, it was such a bummer. And I was just like, you know, why me? Like I was planning all this stuff out. And then it's just like, dude, I have it probably pretty easy right now. Uh, I, I mean, compared yeah. to some people, but you know. But you still managed to get the new record out, Lunatic House. Yeah, it's we out. did. Yeah, I... Yeah, you know, we I think with a lot of bands like we toyed about what to do with it and we were Yeah. It, it was weird cuz before the record was out, we were talking to some labels and they were interested and then some of those they were like dropped off and they're like we're not signing new bands. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> um 
but you know, we were lucky to find a home with share it music, which is like a nonprofit label and they are distributed by sub pop and all, there's a lot of good stuff that comes with that. But. That is something I wanted to ask you about with share it. Cause that's a really interesting model for me where the, you know, the, yeah. the nonprofit record label, I mean, big building has done that too, but share it is, is basically affiliated with sub pop. Yep. Um, and there's a few other artists on there. There's bloods. I think who else is on that label right now? Um, there is, what's the other band now? I can't think of it. It's like a punk band. Uh, Blake. They have, <laughs> yeah. They have a song. I think it's called rat in a cage or something. I don't know. I really liked it, but, um, I can't think of their name for the life of me. Yeah. By the way, if I like have a brain aneurysm, it's cause I hit my head today. So oh. <laughs> not feeling, yeah, not feeling this like could, that. this could be the last words that I have. So, Hey, we're just going to live it up while well, we can. Yeah, we'll live in know? the moment. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all you can do like in the last year and a half. So yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You're alive. You're breathing. Make uh-huh. the most of it. Yeah. That's yeah. why I've eaten way more pizza this year and you know, just, is your favorite spot to get pizza in Seattle? Oh, man. Are you going to draw a blank on that too? No, <laughs> it depends on the kind of pizza, like what mood I'm in. Like my go-to like cheap, I guess cheap-ish slice or like whatever is Big Mario's. There you go. Capitol Hill. And, yeah. Um, they got one in Queen Anne and where's, there's like another location yes. in Seattle. Shout out to Big Mario's. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm getting like fancier, um, yeah. what's the, God, what's the, oh, now I am going to draw a blank. I should have asked you to write down all the pizza spots before yeah, we you know, started this. <laughs> the most important thing we could talk about right now is pizza. Exactly. You know, I do, I do want to come back around to share it music though. Cause yeah. um, one thing about that is that's an arrangement. If I understand this right, where, you know, mm-hmm. the artists and the label and, and then a nonprofit of your choice are able to basically split, you know, a certain percentage of, you know, the royalties, the revenues from the albums. And, um, I remember there have been some other labels over time that have done arrangements like mm-hmm. that. And you chose the ACLU, yeah. the organization that you wanted to donate to. What was the motivation with that? Um, I think, well, so we had, we had put out a seven inch with share it before. And I think at that time we chose, I chose Mary's place. Yeah. Um, which helps at risk women and, yeah. and, that uh, find housing. And, I think it also, it had a little bit to do more with the songs that are on that record okay. or that, that seven inch. Yeah. I think with this one, it was, you know, everything happening with George Floyd and protests yeah. and that just like, I think it just felt like something needed to go towards that and helping fight for justice and things that are right. And yeah. And that's, that's something important for people to understand is, you know, in America, you know, we have the constitution, but cities, municipalities, states, you know, a lot of times they'll do things or pass laws that go against the constitution, but in order to yeah. fight that and either get charges dismissed or get the laws overturned, you still have to litigate that process through the court system after the fact. And that's one thing the ACLU does uh, a lot is basically yeah. provide representation, counseling, filing uh, briefs, you know, friend of the court briefs and things like that to really try and uh, put things in the right direction with those cases. So that's that's important work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, you said it better than I could say it. I I'm, mean, my mom's a big supporter of the ACLU, nice. too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I noticed that the American Civil Liberties Union, if you've yep. ever heard of it. But yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, you know, I grew up in a pretty Republican household. I mean, no, no shame against anybody who's in that camp, but yeah, 
I never knew anything about the ACLU until maybe a few years ago and yeah. the work that they do. And yeah. um, not, not to say that they're just fighting for one political party or anything sure. for human rights. But that's a curious thing for me because you were from Bowling Green, Ohio, yep. if I remember correct. Yep. And you know, that's actually, I mean, you and Quentin, the person I mentioned earlier, you know, that's yeah. like y'all kind of grew up adjacent mm-hmm. in that part of the country. And, um, you know, Quentin has like fond memories of you covering sweater song at like the student no. center. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he, uh, I feel you like, know. Oh, he, I remember him and his band covering like blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. And being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, they yeah. nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I forget what the, what's the like old Blink-182 song. What's my age again or all the small things. Or Even damn before it, that. Damn, damn it, it. Yeah. Damn it. They covered course, damn yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And I was like, man, yeah. they just, I couldn't do that. I can't play that guitar part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, that was, but that was an interesting thing to me though, is, is, um, you know, so you were from Bowling Green originally and yeah. I'm wondering what was it that made you want to move to Seattle of all places. I mean, you know, New York, LA, Nashville, I'm thinking all the cities that people like stereotypically move to when they want yeah. to just like run away and play music somewhere. But you moved to Seattle. What was yeah. the motivation there? I'll try to sum up kind of a long story, but, yeah. uh, when I was 16, uh, my parents let me go on a month long road trip Okay, around the country yeah, with yeah, a couple yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. Two of them were like, I think like 21. I was 16 and the other was 17. Yeah. That was really what fueled me to like, that I was like, oh my God, look at the West Coast. They have mountains yeah. and everything yeah. that's beautiful. And I, you know, I grew up in Bowling Green that literally has two man-made hills uh, <laughs> that were like the sledding hills. It's just flat. One of windy. which is a garbage dump. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah exactly. It, yeah, it used to be a garbage dump and they just yeah. smoothed it over. And now you sled on it. Um, yeah, but I that was what instilled in me to like, that I was like, okay, someday I'm going to move out West. Yeah. Um, and then I spent a summer or two with my brother in Oregon for a while. And I was just like, man, I just love being out in the mountains and in nature. And, yeah. um, then, you know, I, I just always were, I was broke, you know, yeah, like yeah. many musicians, yeah. Yeah. you know, me and my friend almost moved to New York and then we were like, oh, we have no money. Do that. <laughs> this isn't going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even pay my rent in Ohio. That was like a hundred some dollars. Probably I lived with five other guys, uh, working like a job cooking. Yeah. But, um, then I moved to Cincinnati. I, uh, joined a band called pomegranates. Okay. And then we toured like a lot. I don't know. We toured like half of the year and that was a good time. Then I, I left that band and I was living in a little town just outside of Yellow Springs, Ohio, just like a little hippie town. I was cooking yeah. there. I kind of gave up music for a couple of years, mm. had writer's block. Mm. Uh, yeah. Weird town. Dave Chappelle lives there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the last show I played there. He like came to my going away thing. I was like, well, my, this, whatever music I was writing, then I was like, it kind of sucks, but at least Dave Chappelle came to my, uh, <laughs> my house show. <laughs> But, um, it's a bragging, right? Yeah, I guess. You know, uh, but then, yeah, I I don't know. I always just wanted to to go out west, and every time I toured and played Seattle, I really liked it. And um, yeah, it was kind of like I had friends in Denver, I had friends in Portland, and friends in Seattle. Yeah. 
And it was like kind of between those three. And I went out to Seattle, had knew like two friends in Seattle. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. So moved out with no job and not a lot of money and kind of figured it out. Take me back in the history of Spirit Award to yeah. how all that starts out when you, you know, so you're in the pomegranates in Ohio, yeah. you know, that runs its course, you mm-hmm. know, and then you decide, hey, I'm going to come out west, you know, let's do Seattle. How do you make that leap from just being the person who like just moved here to starting a band, starting to play around, you know, those early days? Yeah. I think at, at this point I hadn't really, like I played a few shows with the project I was I was trying to do in Ohio, but it was just like, I couldn't, I was writing songs, but I just didn't feel them. It was like, they were just songs and I couldn't find a sound yet. Just going through the motions. Yeah. And it was like songs that I knew I should just throw away, but I couldn't like do the thing to like kill the baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, um, so yeah, I think when I moved out to Seattle, like it was actually on the drive out. I listened to the songs again. They, I hadn't put them out but I, they were, I had like seven songs that were recorded and I was just like, I either need to redo all these or just start from scratch. Okay. And so I think I just got rid of them all. I don't think I saved any of them, but, um, then I ended up meeting, uh, Chris Moore. We were, I was managing a kitchen okay, and he was serving and he had gone to Berkeley for, um, audio engineering and he was, I was like, I had, I told him, I was like, yeah, I have some songs, whatever. And I had a few demos then that I was writing after I got to Seattle and I had played around with a couple people that just didn't quite work out or yeah. wasn't, wasn't vibing with the songs we were doing. And yeah. so I showed him a couple demos and we were like getting ready for stuff. And he's like, dude, this is great. And, um, he was working at electro kitty studio and okay. I think there was a, there was some time he was like, let me get you in there and we'll just, yeah. we'll go record for a day or something. It's Electro Kitty over in Wallingford for those of you that aren't familiar yep. with Seattle. Yeah. Legendary um, studio out of here. Great studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we, so I played everything on the demo and Chris just engineered it and it was like this really kraut rocky beat and I hadn't played drums in like a long time. I didn't yeah. even have a drum set, yeah, then. Yeah. but I was like, whatever I could do this. It's like easy. <laughs> And we did a bunch of takes and we were also doing it to tape. Okay. Okay. And which we were just like being ambitious. We're like, let's just do it to tape, you know? Uh, and I could not do the end. It was just like four on the floor. Like just, I was like, all right. Was it like that really (laughs) up tempo kind of kraut rock like that? Yeah. It was just, the end was just, just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, but, uh, which if you hadn't played drums in forever, it's like, oh, you, yeah. know, you, you don't have the muscles for My it. muscle was <laughs> not there for that, especially doing multiple yeah. takes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was after that I was like, okay, you know what? I don't want to just record all these myself. It'd be easier if I just get some people to play with. Sure. So Chris had played bass, so Chris uh, Chris wanted to play, and then he his buddy Terrence, they were kind of playing in a band together it was like writing songs um so we just started getting together then and fleshing out some of the songs that i had or ideas and then we started kind of writing together for some of the stuff for the instrumentals and then yeah i think i would just bring demos and stuff and we'd just 
work them out for the most part. We definitely killed a lot of songs. Yeah. Which was good. Good part of the process (laughs) and finding the sound and yeah. And then that was kind of the beginning of, of spirit award. That was like 2014 ish around. I there, think so. Yeah. 15, Cause y'all started playing like house shows and you're like little things in Seattle, right? Not too yeah, long after I that th- around there. I think our first show was at Vermilion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember it being extremely loud in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just all brick in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but it was fun. I remember it was, it was a good time. We were like, cool, we should do this again. Yeah. You know, and then it just starts going from there. I mean, you started playing shows in other places in Seattle and uh, the first record I think was 2017, the first full length that is. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Never ending 2017. Yeah. We put out an EP prior to that and I think we did, we did a tour. Um, but the EP just didn't quite feel like it was our sound. Sure. Um, I think we, we ended up throwing heavy fog made the cut from that yeah. EP to the, the full length. But yeah, we recorded the fir- first record and it was a weird hodgepodge of studios. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We recorded some in Denver, the bulk of it actually in Denver. And then we did some with Eric Corson when he lived in West Seattle um and then we did one song with jack and dino okay um, shout out to jack and dino shout the out legend. to jack he's uh he's a legend he's a legend yeah. he's super yeah. nice too it's funny yeah. i it was that was like part of this thing with converse it was like rubber tracks yeah yeah it was a free thing i don't know if you ever knew about it but i didn't know that he was engineering it okay and they were like yeah come in at first it was supposed to be a few days and then they're like, it's only one day. Cause we got a bunch of bands. We're like, Oh, free studio time. I've asked one of the greatest studios in Seattle with and Jack and Dino. Yeah. I didn't know it was Jack. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we got our engineer coming in. I had yeah. Eric Corson was going to come in and they're like, you don't want to do it with Jack and Dino. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know he was doing it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Jack is such a legend. Max. I feel like I, so much of the music that I've played on the radio segments, it's like Jack's like done 50% of this stuff, you know, yeah. or better. And it's like so amazing for me to see somebody like that who, you know, he obviously he has a resume, yeah. but he's still out here recording like it's oh, day yeah. one and just working with all these bands. And you he know? just like, yeah. I mean, we rolled in the studio and he, he, so he had the drum set up and he's like, well, we got this kit set up. Um, <laughs> try it out. You know, if yeah. you don't like it, uh, we can set something else up, but you know, it's all set up. Yeah. And like, yeah, we tried it and it sounded great. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, all right, well we don't have to spend a few hours getting drum sounds cause Jack already did it. He knows in, what he's in doing. Like an hour. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was super fun to just record with him and he's, I don't know, just such, he knows you want to hear stories too. And he's just sure. start talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Oh, that's the amp that they recorded bleach with, you know, or something like that. Yeah. You know, he's just, yeah, he's funny. And like, we were supposed to be done recording, I think. And he's like, ah, fuck it. They're not going to kick me out. Let's keep going. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, cool. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. I would have liked to do some more stuff with him, but we were like, you know, we were on the uh, budget, the budget train. It was like, yeah friends in Denver were like, if you drive out, we'll do it for free in this new studio. that's set up. We okay. were like Guinea pigs. Uh, but yeah, it was shout out to Eric Corson for making that record what it is. Cause yeah, 
drums in three different rooms and yeah that's wild we recorded some guitars in this room okay some drums in the room that's next to us it's bigger yeah it was just a nightmare yeah (laughs) i mean you know one thing i will say though about spirit award as a band i feel like you all just have such a consistent sonic and visual aesthetic you know to it and you talk about you know when you were younger like playing different kinds of music and Mm -hmm. um you know, I'm just wondering, like, was was that something that you arrived at after just like years of like messing around with all sorts of different kinds of music? Or was it something that when you started this band, you were just like, you had a very definite idea for how you wanted to sound, how you wanted it to look, and you just sort of executed on that? Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think it's evolved, but I think that um, I definitely knew, like, had some like, some bullet points of like things that it should fit or yeah. a bubble that it should kind of fit in a yeah, little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the hard thing too, is cause I feel like I could play a bunch of different kind of music. Yeah. And we, we wrote a bunch of songs that were like, this is a cool song, but, but it doesn't really fit with. Yeah. That, it doesn't fit. Vibe. And that's, yeah. that's always the hardest thing to do, but, um, side project. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I have a million side projects. That yeah. I, yeah. I have all these demos on my phone from them. Yeah. Like, Someday I'll get to my, uh, my psychedelic country album. There you go. But, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was, there's been a lot of intentional stuff. I think, I think sometimes it's, it's a little bit of both like intentionality and just letting stuff organically flow. Yeah. Like, I don't know if the songs like turning into something else, then so you just see where it goes and if it's if it's cool that's awesome if not reel it back or whatever i'm I'm so interested to learn more with the process from that because from other people that i've talked to you know that that see spirit award and have seen you doing your thing for years now mm-hmm. it's like that's always the word it's like man like they're putting out a record like every it's like a full length like practically every year every other year and like yeah. how does that process for you work with just starting from like an idea and turning that into a demo and then developing that and recording times like 12 for a record, you know, and you just keep going so consistent with it. Yeah. It's been hard. I mean, you know, I think the first, the first couple records we were grinding so hard. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, a lot of thanks to, to, to Ryan Crowther who is managing us. Okay. You know, he's like, get back in the studio, just do it. And that's (laughs) like, he's like a coach almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, he's helped. He's helped me so much throughout okay. this whole. He's been a part of this project pretty much since the since the first record. Yeah, I mean, he helped us, you know, get funding for the first record. All yeah. just yeah, basically everything that that we've done is is a lot of thanks to him. Um, yeah, you know, I yeah, I think it's just for me. I always need deadlines. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah, great yeah, yeah. with just pushing me to like, all right go in the studio in may or whatever and just do it. And it's like, it forces me like, okay, I got to get some shit together. I feel like that's always the hardest thing for any kind of creative with deadlines, because it's like, you never know when it's done, yeah. you know? And sometimes, you know, it's just like, you have to get a certain thing done on a certain day, but it's just like, your mind's just not in the zone for whatever reason. Yeah. I think, you know? yeah. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think, I, I mean, for the last record, I took a little more time you know, I, for a while it was like trying to get one out every year. Yeah. Just do it. Just crush it. And 
for this one, I just, I just wanted to spend some more time and formulate it and, and throughout the record process, take like a few months to do it and just continually listen and be like, is this still cool? Like come back to yeah. it. And, um, yeah. Cause especially, I mean, the way that I just recorded the last record was different. Cause it's, you know, it's just, it was just me in the studio with, uh, producer Trevor Spencer. And yeah. then, um, who also did lunatic house here. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, was James engineering on that one as well? Or that was just this, uh, lunatic house um, most recent record. And then James was playing drums on lunatic. House. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that record was, it was different, but it was, it was the most, it was the least amount of pressure I've ever had. It was just all those sessions. We had James for six days to get all the drums down and Trevor wanted to like throw him into it blind. <laughs> oh, um, wow. <laughs> Which, which I was like, okay. Cause I was like, should I send James some demos and stuff? Yeah. 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 And he's like, no, I want to just have James come in and we'll just, we'll formulate the stuff then. Yeah. Because sometimes there's a difference as a drummer with that when you're like, I know for me, you know, when I've like committed to a certain drum arrangement in my head mm -hmm. and then sometimes when I'm playing, I'm not really playing at that point. I'm more like recalling, yeah. you know, but sometimes there's a hesitation when that happens too, because I'm just like, what was that part? Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's like versus if you just send me into the studio, everything's set up. Here's yep. the song. Just go and like you know I, I was educated as a jazz drummer so it's like you know if you're improvising you know you just try to figure out how to play musically and build as you go and phrases and stuff yeah. like that and when you're just recording and you get a first take like that mm -hmm. it's just like whoa like yeah. stuff, stuff will happen on that sometimes that's, you know that's that's super important to me yeah it's just yeah. like getting the feeling the vibe rather than like I think so many times like I and I'm sure like a lot of other people and yeah just you think like, I don't know, just with my like weird logic brain where I'm just like, I don't know. I like put up, put things so rigid instead of just playing yeah. it with feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think, you know, some of my favorite records are like that or recorded live like that. Yeah. Um, because, because when you're boxing everything to a click track, which happens not on all records, but a yeah. lot of records these days, it's almost like. Yeah, it's like you'll you'll rush a little bit because your adrenaline picks up, you know, yeah. feeling out the chorus. And then it's like you almost have to force yourself to slow down like half a BPM after that. And then it sounds kind of weird when you're listening back. It's yeah. like this is robotic. I mean, I know with drums, they just edit that stuff out a lot of times. Oh, right. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I never, that's why like, it's like, I still have to go see people play live. So I'm just like, like, I don't, I mean, the record's great. That's its own medium, Yeah. but it's almost, it's almost like writing a novel in like Microsoft word, you know, where you can go back and like fix everything, you know, oh, really, yeah, as totally. opposed to like, if I give you a typewriter and I don't know, a bunch of speed or something like that in a weekend, I'm just like bang it out. Go yep. now. Yep. I have to know how to spell stuff. I don't have autocorrect. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, <laughs> you know, that's what we tried to do. I mean, and I think James, James has a really good imagination too with stuff. So that helped because we, I mean, basically I came into the song to the studio with, with a bunch of different demos. Yeah. Some of the like more full fledged ones we ended up, uh, getting rid of because we were just like, this isn't the vibe. And I was like, sure, man, you're right. And it's funny because this was like the most like I had all the parts all on there. <laughs> Everything was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like Trevor, it's funny. I sent him like demos of, of me looping stuff and playing drums in here. Like, yeah. 
just like weird stuff just for the ideas. Yeah, and then yeah. like, cause I was like, I want to go in the studio this time, like kind of like not prepared, yeah. but prepared. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense, but like I had a bunch of parts and things. Yeah. Uh, in, in stuff that was like almost there and then stuff that we could fill in the blanks. Sure. There's a spontaneity, you know, that's captured there, like in, yeah. in the emotion of it. It's, it's like sometimes you can make a perfect recording yeah. in that way, but it lacks this emotion. And then that's what happens is it ends up getting played in the background on a Spotify playlist or something right. like that. You know, it's oh, like, yeah, it totally. sounds great. It's uh, constructed to be, you know, perfect and yeah. made to be listened to and people will listen to it. Yeah. But they're not necessarily connecting with yeah. it. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to single anybody out, but it's like, you know, yeah. you'll get like 10 million streams on Spotify and then you, you can't bring anybody out to a live show for anything. Cause it's yeah. just like they, the 10 million people who were listening to it or whatever, you know, or just, they had it on the background while they were like on the treadmill at the gym or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, to me, especially yeah. it's important with like, with loud or rock music. It's just like you're for me, I'm always like, you're trying to like, build these moments up and yeah, push into it yeah. or whatever. And, uh, just always like playing with that is, is fun. And that was, that was a big part of the fun. And this is like kind of having, I don't, yeah, I just, I work better in the studio. Like yeah. my, I don't know. I'm sure like you talked a bit, a little bit about it. It's just like, my brain feels like it's on overdrive. Like I'm, I'm a little, a little ADD in general, but like, I feel like in the studio I am, but in a weird focused way, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's just cause it's something I'm, I'm super interested in and I can just lock in and I could do it for 12 hours and, and not eat and, you know, do whatever. <laughs> and uh, we had times like that and it yeah. was, yeah, it was really productive where we just like, uh, I don't know. We just like turned the lights down low and it was like at night and we we're just like, just me. It was just me and James playing. I was either yeah. just playing bass or guitar and, and trying to like get, get the feeling out and doing a few takes and just going through all those takes and being like, all right, how did it feel? And then just go from there. And yeah, I mean, James just nailed it. Like I had some ideas for some drum stuff, and some stuff I had recorded or, and he just like did it all go flawlessly. And, um, yeah. So that was like the good kind of beginning of it. And then Trevor and I just like did overdubs and tinkered for months. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was the most time I've spent in the studio. Um, but it felt like, it felt like it was worth it. Um, even for me, like mentally, it was like, nice to know that I spent all the time I could possibly do like taking care of this child before I released it. (laughs) It's great. You feel like you gave it everything you got and that's the best you can do with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you. And I mean, we end up at a point where it's like, once you start being like, what else could we do? And it's like, all right, let's, we got to stop fucking with it and just put it out. And it is what it is now. And that's it. You can't hit it in two or three takes. Just go practice or do something, but you yeah, know, it's gotta just come right out of you. You know, that's yeah. Music, and when man. I mean, when we we were mixing too, it's just like that. It's like we'd sit and I, Trevor is Trevor has like such a good ear and just is very particular about little EQ stuff. And he'd yeah. be like, 
oh, this thing needs needs a little love. This thing, whatever. I'm just like, I don't even hear that. His his ears are just fine tuned in that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, I love the process of that, that whole thing and, and doing that. And there's not one way to do it, which is the cool thing. And like, you know, I think about, all right, maybe next record I'll do a different process completely see what happens or, or with writing, do it, do something different, you know? You have to be in love with the process, you know, cause yeah, especially after this year, it's not like there's any money left in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break and listen to this record. This is spirit award. And this song is called cocaine glasses. Got some passion, I'm just a conscience. There's something in me that I know I should do. 
one needs water after that one. <laughs> I know. I'm like actually thirsty. I'm going to crack. Parched. You I'm going to crack a crack. There you go, dude. A semi cold one. <laughs> it's not. It's not alcoholic, but can you? I think you can call anything a cold one or semi cold one. Okay. What, what? What is that? What are you drinking there? I'm addicted to these. This is like the least amount of alcoholic, like cool uh, okay. musician thing to drink. Huh. If that's a thing. What is uh, it? It's, it's like, it's like a it's Zevia. It's a cola that is okay. sugar free. Okay. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm addicted to them. Wow. I've never seen those before. It's what got you into that? I don't know. I think I just, I, during, I mean, I guess a little bit before pandemic, but I just wasn't drinking as much too. Okay. Yeah. And then I started drinking like, uh, Mexican Cokes which yeah. I like never have yeah. anymore. Like I grew up drinking like Mountain Dew and stuff. Yeah. As uh, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh man, that shit's like really bad for you. I shouldn't do that. Whatever. I don't know. Everything's bad drink for you. Drink alcohol too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah. Stay up in the studio for 12 hours. You know, yeah. that, I mean, that's you know, good for you. right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's all bad for you and good for you at the same time it's good for your soul gotta live gotta live a little bit though you know yeah yeah Yeah, so i don't know then i then i was like i gotta stop having so much sugar and then i just started pounding these okay i don't know i was doing a lot of doing a lot i was doing a lot lot. i was doing a lot of Lacroix, man it was bad (laughs) bad time in my life going through a 12 pack a day oh man (laughs) what's your favorite you're all about that cran raz life I, you know, I haven't, and I've been trying to not though, because I think it kind of messed up some of my like gut or digestive huh, stuff. Okay. Too much, too much carbonation. Cause I was mm. just like going through them. Oh, I've gone through those phases too. Yeah. Where um, I'm knocking out like a 12 pack every two days or something, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading stuff and it's like, oh yeah, carbonation's not really that great for your body. I've heard about that. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I, my worry is it was something to do with like your bones, like it weakens, weakens them up, but I don't know if that's like medically or scientifically yeah. accurate. So I don't, I don't know. know. What but, I heard was it's, yeah. it's not great for your GI tract or something. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Somebody should email you and tell you. I mean, I, or yeah, if, if, uh, if you're listening and you know anything about that, yeah. DM me, yeah. Uh, hit me up, raised on rhythm on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me on there. <laughs> yeah. Let us know how we can live longer by not staying up. 12 hours and <laughs> recording and eating pizza. And Let us know about our questionable career choices. Yeah. Here, but, you know. Health choices and all the things. Man, I was all about the, uh, they had the limoncello LaCroix. Yeah. Whatever. That was like a year, year or two ago. Oh my God. I was all about that flavor. That one was good. The key, I got into key lime. Key lime. That was, that yeah. was the one I was going to say. That man. one was good. I, I feel like the, you know, the first love was Pomplamoose. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a standard. That's the gold standard but right there. I feel like I just, you know, out, outdid it. Key Lime, the first time I tried it, it was so weird. I was at, um, there's a place called Plum Bistro in Capitol Hill, but they do like a oh, little, yeah. it's a to-go spot right next to it. They just do like salads and like little quick stuff like that. Yeah. And they had like all different kind of LaCroix flavors, like in the, the cooler or whatever. Yeah. So that was the first time I tried Key Lime when I was there. And it was nice. like, oh man, it's just so like so much about Plum is like so out there, but just, you know, yeah. that, them, of course they would have like Key Lime or something, you know, yeah. crazy like that. So I got hooked on Dude, it after that. I'm kind of a freak though too. I'll just get the like plain ones. Yeah. Just okay. pure, just yeah. pure. The, they're yeah. called pure. Yeah. You know, I like, I like, like <laughs> the, the blue purest, ones. Yeah. The purest LaCroix. It's, it's I like can the ones they're never sold out of it at QFC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I don't know. I just, sometimes I'm just not, I'm just not into the flavor, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just want a, a flavorless life. Mm. I, I know, I know you're not drinking as much, but what was your go-to drink? Like if you're hanging out at a venue or like between sets or something like that? Um, you know, I still have a drink once in a while, but I, I was bartending for a while okay, too, like a craft yeah. cocktail place. And yeah. I think that also just got me burnt out of like drinking. I, you know, I would just don't get high on your own supply, man. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, I would have a shift drink, like, because I could after sure. everything and have yeah. a cocktail. And it's like, it was fun for a while, but then after a while, it's just like, for me, at least like just drinking every night. It's like, dude, my body just hates me. Um, you know, and just even for, for me, for like mental stability yeah. and depression it's like i try to not drink much in the winter because i know it's yeah a depressing time so yeah it always looks glamorous on you when you're young too oh, and yeah. stuff. but then you know you get to just so yeah. say you know those bars that cater to kind of like the older crowd you know you walk mm-hmm. into some of those places it's just like man i don't know if these people should be drinking dude. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh i think i don't know my go-to drink a lot was like a negroni okay yeah yeah um yeah but i don't know in general or just like you know just that one Usually Campari or, you know, different variations. I would do like a Boulevardier, which is bourbon instead of gin. Okay. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Lately, I just like drink, like I'm bad. I was on a rum kick for a long time. I think there's a bottle of rum somewhere in here stashed away. Uh, But uh, (laughs) it's uh, a practice space. Yeah. It's funny. I know because (laughs) Matt, guy who was sharing the space with me, was like texting me. He's like, can I have some of that rum? And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that was here. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I went through a big rum phase. I think lately it's just been, I've been going back to just like bourbon, like old fashions. Yeah. It's like such the like, I don't know, generic thing to do the most like, yeah. but it's, I don't know. It's solid. You know what I'm worried about honestly is when, when live shows start to come back, cause it's, it's looking like we're, kind of getting to that point little by little i'm yeah. just worried that i'm gonna go like so hard out there that's just like oh, i'm I just know. gonna hate myself after like the first six or seven shows because we'll all just be so stoked like uh-huh. just for things to go back and every <laughs> night i'll just be doing like shots with everybody you know oh, it's like yeah. everybody that i've had on the, on the podcast and stuff like yeah. that you know just we're all just gonna be out just like yeah I'm, know, that's what i'm like, i was telling somebody that yeah. too uh i was just like it's going to be a shit show when this stuff comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. It's like, get, just get, just get so your hard. body ready. Seriously. Uh, but I was <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, you know, because of how we like isolated we've all been, it's like, yeah, I, I might need a couple of drinks to like loosen up and be around that many people and, you know, not want to go crawl in a corner and be alone. But that's just me. I, I tell you what, like if I'm either going to be going out to a show or I'm going to be driving Uber that night, yep. you know, either way it's going to be good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> like if I drove Uber, my rule is, you know, zero alcohol. Cause obviously like yeah. you're, you're paying me to be sober. So you don't have to be, right. <laughs> it's like, but it, if it was a show night though, obviously like I'm going to be the one riding in the backseat of the Uber that night. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, hey, so. dude, I'm ready. It's like, it's going to be like the biggest birthday party for the world. <laughs> You know, that lasts for who knows how long, like spring break. Who are some of the bands you're excited to play a show with? Oh, man, there's a lot of bands. I think, uh, 
I'm excited to to get out to Denver again and play with my friends uh, in the band Floral. Okay. Um, they put out like one of my favorite records of 2020. It was an EP, but it's yeah. so fucking good. James, James actually who drummed on it, he produced the record. Oh wow, okay. Um, they're going to be coming up to Seattle anytime. I guess. The, the, I hope so. I mean, they, the they were touring like crazy before. Okay. Um, so I would imagine that they would, but you know, I don't know. Everything shifts around and changes yeah. so much, but you know, I'm looking forward to getting out there again. And yeah, you know, we had a, we had shows booked and stuff a while back to, to Denver. And some of my friends were doing like a reunion show. They were going to play in a band called male blonding. And yeah, so hopefully I can still get them to do that. Male blonding. Male blonding. Okay. Yeah. Or, Not male bonding. I was I was about to say I don't. Yeah. Know. Uh yeah, they get that all the time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that I would love to play. I think right before some of this happened too, we played with Pedro the Lion. Okay. Uh that whole crew is just rad and we'd yeah. love to do more stuff with them and Yeah. Yeah. Mostly I'm just like, dude, I want to go play every, all my favorite venues in Seattle again. <laughs> What's your favorite spot? Oh man. I ask you to play favorite too. You can name a top five if you want to. I'll do top five. Go for it. Uh, I think it depends on the vibe and the size of the room. Uh, you know, like our release show was always at Numo's. Yeah. That just always felt like home. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also really love Tractor. Yeah, uh, shows are super fun there. The crowd, um, everybody who runs Tractor is so nice. Like, shout out to Lee. Shout out to Lee. I mean, yeah, just like talking with her too. You know, like yeah. they don't deal with any bullshit. Yeah, like I've been to shows and where she's been like, it's been a quiet show and she'll kick people out. It's like I respect the fuck out of Lee. She is no absolutely. Bullshit, it's man. like. I mean, she was on episode seven of the or no eight of the podcast, by yeah. the way, shout out, but yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And she, yeah, she just has a, I, I feel like a tremendous amount of respect for musicians yeah. and, you know, giving them the space that they need to do their thing. And, yeah. uh, it's just really cool. I mean, I don't know. I feel like touring in Europe, you see that so much, but yeah, in the U S not as much. And it's just the a different US people get a little more rowdy, I think, or yeah, um, more rowdy. Yeah. They're just not as, Freebird. yeah, not <laughs> as attentive or, um, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I just, you know, it's just, I, it's just a different culture. I think here. I, I feel like maybe even, I, I feel like Seattle audiences are a little more mellowed out overall in that way. Definitely. You I'm know. almost too mellow sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no knock, but that yeah. was, well, <laughs> somebody's got a knock. Somebody said, that was the that was the first thing I noticed when I started playing shows yeah, here. Yeah, I yeah. thought I just was, yeah. I was yeah. like, man, do I just fucking suck or is yeah. this like? And especially if you're the opening band, it's like, yeah, people are just yeah. so rigid and yeah. don't want to move. Uh, but yeah, so that's but it, yeah, that's such a weird thing, and that but it's almost like a challenge in Seattle. Sometimes it's like got to get people out of that and yeah. try to sometimes you got to just get go out and fucking bump into people and yeah do it I, I was guilty of going overboard with that i think when i first got up here because sometimes you know i'm used to like playing i was like tallahassee miami atlanta all yeah. these other cities where it's like 
you almost again you'd have the hecklers people get rowdy so yeah. if you're getting on that stage you got to be ready to deal with that you know you got to be ready to just like go for it and play with a lot of conviction and just, oh, man, just to yeah. the point where like everybody and you're competing now with like smartphones and stuff like that too so it's like you get on that stage you just got to be ready to shut everybody down with whatever oh, you're doing but it's absolutely. like sometimes i feel like there were shows that i played like with blade palace and stuff where you know i come out like all guns blaze on that and it's like people will just be like uh, you know or they're like yeah. leave the base it's like it's too much <laughs> yeah it's like too much already i had to get used to that i guess I yeah figure out ways to kind of yeah roll with that yeah that's i mean that's the the fun thing too about touring is like yeah. you you have these songs and then you go play another city or show and it's like people are raging yeah. you're like oh okay this is <laughs> different gotta, yeah. it's just weird you know sometimes yeah. you like i don't know uh, we've had like set lists and you're like, ah, oh, man, maybe it was a bad set or weird set yeah. or something. Yeah. It's like, even though people like really enjoyed it and they come up after like, Oh, it was amazing. You're like, Oh really? I couldn't tell. Cause no, everybody's just standing staring, <laughs> uh, which is fine. And I've like, you know, I've learned to just take it as a compliment, yeah. but, um, you know, it's like, all right, at least they're not fucking gabbing to their friends. And yeah. I think there's a dynamic with that too. So, you know, I would, sometimes I've seen like old videos of like when the Beatles were first, you know, playing some of their like early shows and it was the same thing. You just see like, you know, a room full of people that are just kind of like standing very still and not yeah. sure what to say or what to do. And there's, there's a difference. I think when you experience a band like that live for the first time with no, uh, no understanding of like, you know, the songs or like, this is the first time you're experiencing this versus like, you know, if you've heard a record already, you yeah. know, you kind of have that music internalized. And so when they start like playing a certain riff, you're like, Oh yeah. There's like a yeah. reaction right away. Cause it's like, you know, you, you connect in with it a little more like, yeah. That, you know, I mean, I felt like that. I mean, even the same way, I mean, I'm pretty introverted yeah. and it, you know, it shows it's like, yeah, you know, I might be a little tight and like not loose and stuff unless it's like invited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, not all that to say, I love playing in Seattle and to Seattle people and you you don't have to move if you come to a spirit award show. I'll, I'll do it. And I, now I I don't care what you do. I have a fun time no matter what. So how, how did you as a front man kind of, I guess, make that, you know, you're obviously you're an introverted individual and that's like your job is to get up on stage in front of a bunch of people and just, you know, like kind of. Yeah. What's, what was the, I mean, I'm sure you, you know, you were like maybe more awkward when you started and eventually kind of found your bearings. How did that process go? Yeah. It's weird, especially, I mean, so I, when I first started as a frontman, I guess it it was somewhat in pomegranates because like we would all kind of sing a little bit. Yeah. I only had like, I would sing a couple little parts on songs. Um, and it's always weird, especially if you have a really vulnerable or personal song, it's like, it's hard to get out of your head. Sometimes you're like, Oh man, this feels so like gross and naked right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I slowly got more used to it. I mean, I think there's still times it's like I have lyrics or something and I'm like, feel self-conscious about it or something like as I'm singing it, <laughs> Yeah. Know? just honestly, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but, um, yeah. I feel like it's just, it's been a journey. I mean, I think I just started, I started singing because I just wanted to have more control yeah. of a band, which sounds like a crazy ego maniac thing to say, yeah. but I had, I had bands who, you know, like I would write a bunch of songs or whatever, and we had a singer and then the singer would leave or what, or whatever. And I just, I wanted 
at least with spirit award, I was, I wanted to have a project that I could keep going, you know, cause, uh, life just keeps going and, you know, people have stuff they got to do or jobs or whatever. And I know, you know, I just, I want to tour a lot and keep doing this. And I've, you know, I've always tried to find work to fit around music, yeah, not music fitting around my work. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of a little bit of the journey of being a, a front person and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, there's so many things that go along with it then just figuring out, uh, how to use my voice and yeah. Effects come into that a lot where I wanted to use it more as like an instrument and yeah. put whatever effects felt like it needed to on that song. So yeah. You've been playing music in Seattle for while now some years what's something that you experienced a lot with the music scene up here that was a certain way before the last year and a half that you're hoping won't be that way after all this how do, how do you hope the music scene here will evolve coming out of all this um man you know i feel like I think I already see just the music scene maybe getting closer. Yeah. I don't know. It feels, it feels like there will be more compassion mm. kind of around that and for each other. And just, I'm, I'm super guilty of like not getting to know a lot of musicians in the, you know, music scene. And, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, hope to change that. And, you know, I mean, I, I, not that I know everything, but I, I do, I don't know, I've been doing this for a while and I see a lot of, there's a lot of great bands in Seattle and, um, I've been in certainly the spot where it's just like you grind and you feel like you got good stuff and it's like, you don't know what you're doing wrong yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, a big part of that is just the music industry changing so much. Um, yeah. But there's also just like all these weird fucking tricks and <laughs> back doors. And then yeah. at the same time, it's like, there's no fucking rules. Yeah. So it's, uh, and it's, it's weird to see it too. change. I mean, even change some during the pandemic. It's just yeah. doing, putting out this last record and seeing like, what like playlisting stuff is like and yeah. just all this complicated stuff with Spotify API. It's, you know, it's, it's a weird, it's the weird, I feel like it's the weirdest time in music. Yeah. Uh, just for the fact of, I, you know, I can't just go record a record, play shows, yeah, promote the record. Yeah. Uh, I, bands have to do a million other things now. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, I, I shut down a few times to be honest, like uh, promoting the record. Cause it's just, especially during the pandemic, it's like we, so we didn't do PR cause it's just so many publications just aren't doing much or yeah. do anything. And I didn't want to throw the money into it. And so, I mean, we're doing some stuff um, and sub pops doing, uh, 
a radio campaign and that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I, I hope that, that a lot changes with that and some better things to get musicians paid. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, before like, we would fund a lot of records through like playing like corporate events yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It's I've like, done, I've done those gigs too, man. That's where the money is. <laughs> There's like, money in them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. You know, obviously liquor and beer companies have done well during this. So hopefully, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully that's the thing that, uh, that will help, but it's, um, Got it. Got any that you want to, you know, give a shout out to holler at your boys. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Who, who's giving us the most money? Um, <laughs> what's the weirdest one that's ever. Oh, um, God, I wish I'm sure who, you know, the person listening to this will have an answer for this. <laughs> oh, I have somebody to call out for not sponsoring. Us. <laughs> Do it. I think it's, I think it's more so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were supposed to go to Europe and, uh, I was talking with, uh, Topo, like Topo designs, like they yeah. make backpacks and stuff Yeah. about sponsoring us and getting us backpacks. Okay. <laughs> Cause this is what you should do as a musician. Of course. Leverage, this is how your time should be best spent. You know, as a get free backpacks. <laughs> Somewhere in my mind, I was like, Hey, I'm going to get whatever I can from it's, this thing. It's right up there with like Instagram reels yeah. and trees, all the things we should be uh, doing as songwriters and musicians. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I was like, man, if Topo gives us a shout out, I mean, that's worth, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, the lady I talked to was like gonna give us backpacks. She's like, "Oh, send them out." And uh, yeah, I was like, "We're." I was shooting some video and stuff, and I'll be like, "I'll feature them on some video." Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, she asked for my address, and then we never got the backpacks. <laughs> and I hit her back up, like over and over, and I was like, "Where are those backpacks?" <laughs> So I'm still salty at Topo. Uh, honestly, like, she's I, like, who are you? I don't <laughs> I honestly think she might've gotten fired. Oh, see, and that's the thing. And then you build like relationships with people yeah. at some of these companies. And then like three months later, they're already like, they've already found another job yeah. on LinkedIn. So she's not going to yeah. listen to this, but I, uh, it was like a friend of a friend too. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I think she got fired or something. <laughs> Anyway, I'm still salty. We never got a topo backpack. I spent, we all spent time picking out which ones we wanted. Oh my you know. God. <laughs> we didn't get those free backpacks. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to ask you about this because it's not often I get to talk to somebody who's, you know, kind of on this side of the industry where, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. with share it, share it's distributed through sub pop. Yep. Um, and, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about like all these back doors that you're finding out in the business and stuff like yeah. that. Like what can you elaborate on with that? I mean, it's, I feel like it's nothing crazy. And I mean, I'm sure, sure a yeah. lot of other people yeah. know this and yeah, I mean, more people know it than I do even, but yeah, I think the biggest, you know, it's hard. It's really hard right now because all these, you know, you're sending stuff to blogs and playlisters yeah. and whatever, and they're getting hundreds of yeah. thousands of, things a day. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, I can't even imagine how overwhelming it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, even with radio stations and stuff too, yeah. 
Um, I guess real quick, like there's a bunch of, there's just a lot of little stuff you can do to make stuff look good. Sure. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, having a, a well-formulated email yeah. stuff with it's easy having, having links, um, make it personal. Don't, nobody wants to have, I mean, it's like the opposite of everything they teach you in elementary school where it's like everything you do in like grade school is like trying to figure out how to bullshit three sentences into yep. like a five paragraph essay. And then yeah. as an adult, you're just like, how do I take five paragraphs and compress it down into like two sentences for an email? It's going to be read yeah. by somebody who's getting like you know, hundred emails a day, whatever the crazy number is yeah. or something like I've that. I've sent people like <laughs> all these long things and I'm just like, they don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Uh, and if they do want more info, they'll ask you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So leave out your weird scathing, uh, (laughs) bio of how your band's a indie avant-garde surf rock. I don't know. You too, huh? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, I think, uh, from what I've heard from so many people is just like doing some stuff to stand out it's, it's always good. Um, yeah. I mean with radio stations, I've always just sent them like when I've sent CDs out when we first were like doing stuff and sending out ourselves, uh, I would just send personal notes, like especially KXP, um, you know, just, you know, honestly just thanking them and I would send it to DJs who I liked too and who played the music that I liked because chances are if you, you have a better chance of them playing you shout and, out to Eva Walker. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, don't send them to, I accidentally sent one. I think this last round to somebody who does not play any kind of music <laughs> like ours, well, we, listen, but they were newer yeah, to KXP yeah. and I didn't know. And, uh, well, you're doing better than us. Cause I remember like the first EP we did with blade palace. I mean, we had like, God, we had like our whole table full of mailers and we were just like yeah. putting all this together. And I think we did like, one for every one of the KEXP DJs. We were just like doing our best we could with that. And yeah. we sent them out to like all the other college stations too. I'm, all, I'm sure they all got thrown straight in the trash. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Like, it's, you know, yeah, it's such a weird thing. I mean, I know they really appreciate physical stuff. I think this is, this is the first one we didn't do any physical thing. Cause Sub Pop just did a digital thing to all them, but, but that's, you know, honestly, like my whole experience with all that and the radio campaigning is the reason that I started the raised on rhythm radio series side of things too, where I have the podcast, mm-hmm. but then I have the segments where I just, it's just Seattle bands and it's songs from them. And I'm just yeah. you know DJing and shouting people out and stuff because yeah. with that, it felt like I could actually just take a band camp single from somebody, you know, whoever, I mean, as long as I had their permission to play it, obviously, yeah. you know, and you could just put out cause that's you know, like, nobody's putting out like albums or like EPs yeah. unless you're already well known, you know, it's all about like the, the rock bands. I always joke are having to learn all this stuff that like soundcloud rappers and pop stars have yeah. known for years now where it's just like, get the single to Spotify because for them, they're not going out and playing like a 200 person dive bar. That's not mm-hmm. really the MO, you know, it's like yeah. kind of all or nothing. So, you know, bands have been thrust into this crazy position the last year where we sort of let radio die in the last 15 years, you know, without even really thinking about it. And then yeah. we didn't really have an effective medium that focused on the music after that. You know, we had yeah. like Twitter and Instagram where, you know, you look at a picture, read like a clever one liner or something like yeah. that, you know, but there wasn't really a good medium to focus on the records anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like, 
with the podcast medium, I could start doing that to put together these segments where it was just all Seattle bands and just send me one song. Like I don't need, and you don't have to yeah. press up an EP that nobody's going to buy on a CD. You don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, waste all the plastic and paper yeah. <laughs> doing all that stuff. You know, just I'll just download the wave file off Bandcamp. You don't even have to send me. I'll give you a dollar. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know? it's like just start playing records like that. But I mean, I've just been like obsessive compulsive over. Like, how can we all create more mediums like that? that are just centered around the music, the records, the stuff the bands are already doing. Cause there's so many bands in Seattle putting out amazing records, but like nobody's playing the stuff, you know? I mean, and that's, that's the hardest thing I think right now is being a band is, I mean, especially with not having shows is, yeah, is getting stuff out there. And how do you get people listening if you're not playing shows that was the only reason we survived as bands for the last 20 years is because Mm -hmm. you know even if nobody in the media or you know popular you know tv radio whatever it was nobody had any financial incentives to try and break new artists but we could sort of get by in spite of all that because even if none of them cared about us we could take our music direct to the people and go play live yeah it's like we could still do that and it kind of kept us going in that cycle of like album tour album and tour but yeah when you took away all the shows and the live music it's like we lost all that in a matter of weeks yeah (laughs) you know i mean this this last round of stuff because i've been mostly doing like any kind of pr myself for the last record for lunatic house and um yeah it's just like astounding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I emailed like a bunch of publications. Most of them aren't doing anything. Yeah. Uh, even like local stuff. Uh, they just shut down. They're like, oh, we don't have people to write. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get it. I mean, if you're not being paid to do the thing you do, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. You know, but I had, I had some other people who was just like, there's the whole weird, like schemey side of things. That's yeah. like the, like, yeah. It's the equivalent of like pay to play. Payolin, pay to play. And I, I experienced some of that in bands that I was in in the past where it's yeah. like, you know, you'd have those schemy people posing as like publicists or whatever. And it's like, yeah, send me like two grand and I'll get your stuff to pitch for, you know, stuff like uh, that. Yeah. It's like, you know, they are set up to prey upon the dreams of, yeah. of bands, up and comers and people like that. And yeah. So yeah, if you're in a band, just avoid those people. Avoid please. That. Yeah. Like I've seen friends and yeah. stuff do that. And so I, yeah. Cause I talked to one guy and he was like, Hey, I would love to write about the band. Um, yeah. you know, we're to secure a spot on the playlist. We're taking donations of $50 and I'm like, here, bro. <laughs> like I was in a, I was in a weird headspace too that day. And I, I really, I was really nice with the, the email I worded to him. Yeah. But I was just like, I was like, listen, I, I understand like you want to get paid for what you're doing and that, but I was yeah. like, I was just like, it's just kind of insulting. I was like, it's essentially like yeah. uh, pay to play. Basically, and I was like, yeah. And also it's when it's not a big publication, it's like I'm paying you to post something and then bring all the fans that already listen to me to your site. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. yeah it's a scam straight up. So yeah. it, if you're one of those people, just rethink your strategy. Fuck off and die. I don't know. Really <laughs> fuck you. But I don't think those people are listening to this podcast. I don't think that's my listener not. base. So Any, thank God. Yeah. If you're a band, just stay <laughs> like, stay clear of that. Yeah. You'll, I, yep. We wasted so much money on different stuff throughout the years that realized, I mean, Facebook ads and whatever is just like, some of it worked and some of it didn't. And now it's, it's all broken. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I think the lesson too that I I learned from some of my trials and tribulations in that process was there's no way to buy your way into this number one. And yep. he, and even if there was, it's like how much money are you prepared to spend? Because yeah. what's your what's your return on investment? Yeah, ROI is it? We're talking yeah. like venture capital people now, you know? But yeah. it's like, but straight up, it's like mine is minus money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, but no, but I just want people to hear it. Yeah, exactly. But, but see, that's the thing is like, you know, making a million dollars doesn't mean anything if you had to spend a million dollars to make it, you know, yeah. like making a thousand dollars for that matter doesn't mean yeah. anything if you had to spend what a thousand to, you know, pay like playlist scamsters or people like that, you know? Yeah. So, and the thing is like anybody that's really, I should say this too, to bands, like anybody that truly is in that media space, like if you have a good record and they like it, they should like want to be featuring you. Cause yeah. that's going to help their, like that's their whole thing. That should be oh, helping absolutely. their brand. Yeah. You know, that's how you should know red flag right away is that, and you know, we've had so many PR people reach out to you lately and trying to do stuff just, you know, with stuff coming up, like, yeah, you know, I would say it's not that PR is a waste. Yeah. We've had great PR campaigns. Shout out to uh, Kelly fleek is someone I know here in town who does yeah. legit work with that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, um we, yeah, I think it's just it's important to pick the right person and look at look at the other like placements they've got and yeah, what artists they have and then if they're willing to take you on. And also they're not going to really overpromise you anything is the other thing. Most of the time, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to tell you straight up like this yeah. is what I can do for you. I can, you know, try to help you put together a one sheet or something like that, but at the yeah. end of the day, I can't force any of these people to get excited about you. And also even if those people can get excited about you, they're not going to like necessarily help your numbers or help yeah. people. It's more just like about building, you know, some level of credibility, you know, so like other yeah. people can see you and see, okay, it's not just like some person, you know, ranting about themselves, pr- hyping themselves on Facebook or social media. It's like, no, this person, whoever this is, is actually like doing something that's worth checking out. You know? Yeah. I think the yeah. the biggest mistake that I see a lot of bands do is, um, they make a really good record. Yeah. They spend the money to make it. They, maybe they don't find a label yeah, and they just put it out yeah, and they don't, they don't do anything to try to like promote it. And that's, yeah, it's hard. I get it. It's super hard. Like doing all that is takes so much work. I mean, I worked, yeah, I worked seven days a week before like working jobs and I come home and do all that shit and then practice and do whatever. And it's like, it can be exhausting. It it depends on what you want to do with your music too. Like you don't have to do that. You could totally put it out and just give it to your friends. But you know, I feel like for the majority of us, we want people to hear the art we're making and, yeah. um, you know, put it, put as much money and as much time as you put into making that record as you do promoting it. Yeah. Um, so one, one big resource that you can do that's not a lot is you submit hub. It's, yeah you know, at least it's good for like playlisting stuff and yeah, you know, some, some smaller blogs and placements. And I, I do like want to take a chance here to shout out to the locals here, because I think especially for bands in Seattle, this is really like their best shot because these are people that are actually here in town and they're looking for people in town that are doing stuff. Um, Dan Ray, Dan's tunes, you yeah. know, I mean, she deserves all the credit for, I think the work, all the work that she's done with that website. Yeah. Absolutely. She reviews, you know, local stuff. So yeah, definitely hit Dan up. Um, Ava Walker, Audio Aces, KEXP. Again, obviously her show is all 
Seattle, you know, Seattle music, locals yeah. and stuff like that. So she deserves a lot of credit too. It's always the women that are taking care of business out here. Oh, man. Dude. Shoot, you know, like, some uh, all those KXP women too, are like yeah. the most fucking badass women ever. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's holding it down, man. Yeah. Abby Gobelli is like the first, uh, DJ, I think whoever played us. Yeah. And she just works a million jobs and she works the like one to 6 AM shift. Yes. And, and and she's just worked her way up like, yeah. And now she manages bands and it's just like her, you know, Evie played the shit out of yes. us and yeah. you know, Evie's a badass too and has a child and multiple jobs. And it's just, it's cool to see these people who, who just really care about music and community. You know, that's the huge thing of what drew me to Seattle yeah. is like, I mean, KXP was a big one, you know, Pomegranates did this session there. 2010 and i was like man this is so cool like even then it was like something really cool is here and it's not anywhere else yeah um yeah so That's, i mean yeah awesome i mean there's also i mean you know ballard vox and you know south seattle emerald some of these other like local publications and i know they do they're not dedicated necessarily to music mm -hmm. but they definitely do you know reviews and stuff like that and yeah i know i get shameless plug here but you know i know for like my radio series that i do and stuff like that, i tell bands all the time you know just send me your stuff dm me a band camp link you know at raised on rhythm on instagram on twitter you know like i'll check it out you know yeah. like no guarantees i'm not gonna you know like tell you like oh yeah i'll play it right away but shit you know if you like yeah. your if you like if i like your records i'll play you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and don't up. and don't give up just keep keep sending to people because i yeah. mean that's the thing is like i you know i sent out like four thousand emails yeah literally four thousand emails and it's like you know the thing that i was taught early on is like when you're doing like even just like booking e yeah. emails send out you send out a hundred and you maybe get one to ten back yeah and it's like you just it is soul crushing work it's, yeah yeah <laughs> it is extreme <laughs> and and keep checking in with them too because like they could skim over it just keep checking back in with them be like hey just checking in on that yeah um because i get emails like that too and i'll skim them and i'll be like i'll be a for i forgot about it and i was like yeah oh, shit yeah i was like really interested in that and whatever and, and I, I was i always say too like especially these days man don't feel like you got to put like i know for the longest time i think a lot of media publications would be like oh well we only review eps or we only review albums so bands right. would still get bands would still get kind of stuck in that like oh we have to make a record we can't just yeah. like, put out one song i'll be the first to say like for me if it's a one-off it's a single i love that you yeah. know just Send me, yeah, send me the one song you got. And I'm like, shit, if it's good, you know, if I like it, I'll play it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one thing I like about the podcasting format too. And that way, you know, I don't have to have like, uh, I, I guess for like, I, I get it for like a print publication, you know, where they don't want to dedicate like a, you know, a certain amount of words, unless it's like a full body of right. work in that way, you know? So I, I get it. But for me, you know, again, it's like, it's just all about, it's all about the music. It's all about the records. I just, I just yeah. have to play the records. So. That's how it should be too. You know, yeah. like, you know, I, I, you know, one thing I love is just like listening to a whole record through. Yeah. And just, just getting into it. Yeah. You know, it, especially if it's got a vibe and yeah, I don't know. I always do that with, I have like a, I don't know, I guess like a ritual whenever I finish a record and I get it, I like go, go home, like lay on my living room floor and just listen to it. Yeah. And like usually in headphones. And it's like this sense of like completion. I'm like, cool. That's it. Yeah. And it's like exciting, but then also like there's this 
feeling of like, Oh shit, what do I do now? <laughs> got any more? <laughs> yeah. Got, got, got any more of them records? Yeah. It's like, well, all right. I guess I got to make another one. You know, my dream with the, the radio series too, is like, if I can, you know, get this a consistent thing in Seattle, that things like these could just pop up all over America and like all these different cities yeah. and localities too. Cause I feel like anybody who has garage band can literally do what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Know, this thing. I mean, you know, and it's like, man, and it feels like for me playing drums and blade palace and being part of that, you know, part of the community too, in that way. And being around all these bands, I just started with other bands that we'd share the stage with yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are also the interviewers and people, podcasters that I always end up liking listening to or talking to because you, you get it. You've been through the ringer. You know, I've been out here in the trenches, man. It's been yeah. a hell of a year. You're not going to ask me some weird, strange question. <laughs> I might. We can always I mean, edit it out. But, uh, <laughs> like the cool, strange questions. <laughs> yeah, just go for it, man. Yeah. Let's see what happens, man. Um, oh, and the last thing, actually, speaking of other podcasts I talked about yes. that popped up in other cities, I do have to give a shout out to um, Cap City Presents Andy Remix Moreno down in Olympia. He sent me this shirt the other weekend. Nice. Um, it was awesome. He started making these. Uh, Andy used to book shows down Olympia prior to all oh, this. Yes. I knew him. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. We actually. <laughs> you um, you got to know Andy. I man. know Roxy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually stayed at their house. Okay. Uh, in March of okay. 2020. Wow. The last show we played, we wow. played in Olympia. Oh or second, second to last show, I guess. Coming full circle, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I, it's funny because I saw those shirts. I think I saw him or, or Roxy or somebody post yeah. on there. Yeah, but that's cool. Um, Just came out with it, man. Yeah, so, you know, I gotta, I gotta rock it. I gotta represent my dude here, man. That's so, cool. Yeah, I man. don't, I don't know him or Roxy that well, but they both just like push so hard for music stuff. He does. Cap City, of course, was his booking company, but now it's his podcast. And me and Andy actually found out that we had started basically the exact same podcast oh, nice. at the exact same time in August. I didn't awesome. know I didn't know him or anything before that, but obviously, like I'm up here in Seattle, he's down there in Olympia, you know, and yeah. I just saw it on Facebook, like, cause we both posted our third episode, like the same day and it just popped <laughs> up in my feed and I saw what he was doing with that. As I didn't even know the guy, but I just see how I messaged him on Facebook and I was just like, dude, <laughs> like, Hell yeah. like, that's awesome. Fuck, yeah. That's man. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Bring, bring this whole community together. Exactly, man. Yeah. Just, you know, that's what's it. That's what it's about is just yeah. having all these connections, places and, yeah. and everybody helping each other out. Shit, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, man. On that note, um, Dan, thanks for being here tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. And I, I feel like people, you know, a Spirit Award, you know, I always tell people to throw their socials in here. You can Google Spirit Award. You can Google <laughs> you know? us. But where can people find you online? Man, it's funny. I always do this and I give out like the wrong socials. <laughs> like it's like backslash Spirit Award band. No, it's Spirit Award music. Uh, if you look up spirit award band in Google, you'll find stuff, but, uh, yeah. I'm trying to, I have a website too. I think it's spirit award music.com. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I think it is. We'll look it up. I want to have a link to all of it in the, yeah. uh, the episode, we'll look, but there's so, links you know. to, I think everything on there then. And, um, yeah, all the links, new record, lunatic house, go check that out. Cocaine glasses. You can hear that song on the raised on rhythm radio series. Dan, thanks again for doing this tonight. Absolutely. Thank you.